Warning, the podcast you're about to hear has a unique conservative perspective and may be politically incorrect, containing some controversy in its message. This episode may speak out against liberalism, socialism, the dark state, and religious organizations. It is possible that evil in politics, education, law, society, and religion will be discussed and exposed. However, we believe this podcast adds truth and value to a mature, disenfranchised audience who may be tired of apostate religions and wicked world systems. Listeners who are easily offended, overly sensitive, or have progressive leanings sympathetic to the topics we expose should be forewarned not to listen any further. We thank both those who choose to listen as well as those who choose not to listen. You've been warned. And now, let us get on with the show. August 2nd, 2019, welcome to the Freedom Friday Hour by the Kapow Radio Show, sponsored by FifthBookMedia.com. If you guys missed the July book giveaway, where we gave away five free, absolutely free e-books, I'm sorry about that. Um, Don't know when the next one will roll by, maybe next year. Maybe never. It depends if I, I stay with that uh, Smashwords or not. Anyway, those who did get those books, I appreciate it. And I hope you enjoyed If you have any questions, um, you can email me at paul at kapowradioshow.com, something like that. And uh, I'll try to answer your questions. And uh, you should be able to get something out of it of value. They were absolutely free. So if nothing else, maybe some uh, entertainment, hopefully. Anyway, today we have an interesting um, show. I got uh, quite a few stories. So I'm going to go through them kind of kind of quickly and not lollygag too long. So anyway, let's start with this first one. And I read this one. I really, ah, when I posted this on our Facebook, what I really saw here was Genesis 6 stuff, Enoch 6, where the sons of God came down and mated with the daughters of men and created a race of giants or Nephilim. And so this is a hybrid of human, human and angel DNA. And it creates these this hybrid. And the whole idea here is these fallen angels left their first estate. That's also, um, it's written about in Jude and in Second Peter, I believe, first or second Peter, I think second Peter. They left their, their first estate anyway, they left their the, the, the second heavens there as watchers to watch humanity and to, and to grow them. And they rebelled against God and went down to a mountain uh, named Hermon, Hermon Mount. And that's where they took an oath of, uh, an oath to do what they're going to do, the dirty deed, what they were going to do, and take the heat of the punishment from Yahweh. Really stupid. Um, The first incursion that we we know of, um, at least in Enoch, were taken and bound and thrown into uh, Tartarus, a underground prison for the fallen angels. The second incursion and thenceforth, we we don't know anything about, um, but it looks like they're still around um, until Judgment Day. Now, the hybrids that they created, the Nephilim, from the DNA of, of angels and humans, created um, a race to be worshipped. They were mighty men of renown, is what the Bible said. Your Greek gods, basically. Your um, high-bred Greek gods. 
to be worshipped. And that's what humans did because these things were far smarter than humans, a lot stronger, had angel knowledge, technology. Uh, it's the same thing we see today. People re, you know, worship Apple and Google, all the technology, Tesla. And the men and women who make that uh, nonsense, they actually worship that stuff because it's um, so far advanced. So in that day, it had corrupted all of mankind, totally corrupted. The humans were already in a fallen state because of Adam. But then the mixing of the DNA had corrupted everything that, that moved, even animals, to the point where God said, you know, I repent even making my creatures. I, I can't deal with this because their, their thoughts are evil continually. Because once, once these angels rebelled, it was just pure evil. So God destroyed the whole world with a flood, killing these things, except for eight souls. And that was Noah and his sons and their wives. And that's where we're descended from, from that point onward, descended from the survivors of that flood. Now, here's what happened. And, and some people know this, some people don't, but when the the flood came and killed the, the giants. Also, Enoch talks about how they, they, uh, they killed each other with the sword before that. They went to war and killed each other too. That the spirits that left these things became disembodied spirits and they're bound to the earth. They can't resurrect. They can't get saved. They can't, you know, they don't have any of those things because they're a, they're a monster hybrid. They shouldn't have ever existed but they do. And that's what we call demons. That's why when you read the New Testament, demons just appear. There's no explanation for where they came from, who they are. It's just, you know, Jesus started casting them out in, in Mark and everybody knew, knew about, you know, demons back then. You know, we're the only ones that were in the dark 2000 years later. So there was a lot of guessing, but that's where they came from. The, the ancient Jews knew this uh, all along. They've always known it. So, um, and that's what put the world into place we're in now. They're still around. The fallen angels are still around. And they still are doing their hybrid program. Now, they're not, I personally, this is Paul speaking. I don't think they're mating with the daughters of men anymore, physically dating. Because it was, it was never a sex thing. It was never a lust or a sex thing. It was about creating a race, uh, a godly race for them. It's They wanted to be God and, and they want to be worshipped. And uh, because they don't like God's creatures, us, humans. Uh, and so they still do that, and they do that through hybridization, uh, cloning programs. Uh, every celebrity you see out there, that's why they call them celebrities. They're celebrated. They're worshipped. Uh, sports stars, big politicians. I mean, you name it. Authors, um, you know, artists, anybody who's, you know, a household name uh, more than likely is uh, of mixed seed part of this, uh, including, you know, the president of the United States and presidents of all the other nations. It's, that's what they are. So when I see this, this story here, it took me right back to Genesis six stuff. Now also you got to remember in Daniel, Daniel two, I believe Daniel two, I think 44 or something. It talks about, um, in the, in the last days of that kingdom, there's there's this fourth kingdom that comes up that's different than all the other kingdoms before it. Uh, that's the kingdom we're living in now, by the way. Um, that that the kings 
of that kingdom in, in those days, which is today, mix their seed uh, with men, with, with humans. They mix their seed with humanity, but the two don't mix. Uh, and they don't, that's why it's crazy. They don't mix because iron doesn't mix with clay. And so the human is the Meyerly clay. They are the iron. And they don't, they don't adhere to one another. So that's why you have crazy town everywhere. That's why things are just nuts. And um, these people are nuts and their plans are nuts because they don't mix. They cannot create uh, their own life like, like God did. But uh, that's predicted in Daniel, um, that it would be in the, the last kingdom here. And that's where we're at. So this story here is that. <laughs> so you're about to see in real life, in real time, what I'm talking about. It's dated July 31st, 2019. It's from the New York Times. And it says, Jeffrey Epstein hoped to seed the human race with his DNA. We should all know who Jeffrey Epstein is. We knew about him years ago. We saw documentaries on this guy years ago with his Love Island and uh, the the Lolita Express um, uh, with the Clintons. Every powerful man in the world uh, going to this guy's island and his um, ranch in New Mexico and having sex with children. And at the time, he's looked at just as a, a pedophile perv. And I think it's easy to look at these guys as just that. They're just pedophiles. They're just sick, twisted uh, men and women. But what's behind this guy, as you'll see in this article, it's not just a lust for little little kids or little girls. It is a vision he has. It's a fallen angel vision of reseeding humanity with his own DNA. This guy obviously... Obviously, I'm not saying he's a he's a fallen one because if he was a fallen one, we wouldn't even know who he was. You know, he's the, the fallen ones are the ones running the government, so the shadow government. Uh, we wouldn't even know this guy's, but he he's he's a hybrid. He's he's one of them. He's in the club. He's a mix. So he's trying to spread his mix because the the goal is always the same: to destroy God's creature, God's humanity, and mix it with these uh, Nephilim creatures. It's modern day Nephilim. They're not coming out as big, big giants anymore. The technology has been refined where they look just like us. And that's the problem. Because if they look different than us, they were huge, big monsters. We could kill them. But because they look like humans, you can't just go kill them because there's laws against that. And, um, you can't tell the difference between them, uh, between us two. You know them by their fruit. So anyway, Jeffrey Epstein, wealthy financier. I guess uh, he's he's worth billions. Now remember, you know our beloved President Trump, his uh, buddies with him, seen with him, uh, Clinton. I mean anybody who's anybody has has been with this guy. And there's a reason. These are all the elite people. These are all. Uh, the people that want to live forever, keep their seed going. They know what the plan is. They're the the the. They're aware of Illuminati, secret shadow government things that we don't know about. In touch with fallen angel technology and knowledge, uh, they want to be worshipped and they control the rest of humanity. Jeffrey Epstein, the wealthy financier who is accused of sex trafficking 
had an unusual dream. This is from the New York Times, by the way. It says, he hoped to seed the human race with his DNA by impregnating women at his vast New Mexico ranch. So I think it's easy to look at that and go, he was just um, a pervert. He was, um, you know, oversexed. He was, you know, but that's, that could be all true. But there's a real reason why they do these things. It says, over the years, he confided to scientists and others about his scheme. And according to four people, at least four people that were familiar with his thinking, um, his vision reflected his longstanding fascination with what has become known as transhumanism. Transhumanism is a science of improving the human population through technologies like genetic engineering and artificial intelligence. This is what this man is into. Now, some of the critics liken transhumanism to a modern-day version of eugenics, because it is. It's getting rid of humans to control this, uh, I mean, to, um, to then breed this a super race of new humans. Uh, so it's a discredited... Eugenics is a discredited field of improving the human race through controlled breeding. It's the same stuff. It's what the Nazis were doing. Uh, when, you, when, you, when you look at the Nazis, they were trying to raise the Aryan race. It used to confuse me when I was younger because I would look at the Aryans as the blonde-haired, blue-eyed, really white-skinned people. And you'd look at Hitler and he had brown hair, you know, brown eyes. <laughs> And he didn't, he wasn't beautiful like these other people. These other people were beautiful. And it's like, he didn't even look like that, but yet he's promoting the Aryan race. Well, it's, the Aryan race is not a race like we would think of a race, you know, Caucasian, Chinese, you know, Asian, uh, you know, it's not a race like that. It's, it's, it, it was fallen angel stuff. It's Nephilim stuff. The Aryan race was the Nephilim stuff. They were trying to recreate or bring back the, um, the Nephis, through the fallen ones. That's what Nazi Germany did. That's why it didn't matter what Hitler looked, looked like. He was in the know. He was part of the club. That was his uh, job, to bring these um, entities back. And they did. Um, and their scientists came to America and came to Russia and continued their program. It's been going on since Genesis 6, since after the flood. Because it says they were... Giants in the earth in those days and also after that, when the sons of God came down and made it with the daughters of men. So though, um, getting back to Epstein here, though he was charged just last month with sexual trafficking of uh, young girls as young as 14, they say he was a serial illusionist and he, he lies about his identity of his clients, his, his wealth, his financial prowess, personal achievements. In other words, I mean... It's like a big illusion. Where's this guy getting his billions of dollars from and all this power and wealth? I mean, have you seen his island? Have you seen that ranch in New Mexico? Have you seen just the incredible amount of, of wealth this man had? Um, and he had a lot of connections. And the connections he has was not only with political people, he, he, he cultivated valuable relationships with business uh, partners and political leaders, but also with scientists, top scientists, scientists that work for Harvard, um, uh, Stephen Hawking's, you know, bubble boy, Stephen Hawking's, who's now, uh, 
orbiting uh, space, you know, whatever he's doing, is um, was was one of his buddies, um, a, a lot of well-known scientists. He would fund a lot of science, weird science. Um, he would host dinner parties with science uh, scientists and uh, get the the very nice looking female scientist. He wanted to interbreed with with those type of people and create this new race. Uh, there was interviews done with more than a dozen of his acquaintances, well with um, as well as public documents. And he used the same tactics to insinuate himself into an elite scientific community, which allowed him to pursue his interest in eugenics and other fringe fields like cryonics, staying alive forever, you know, bringing yourself back to life. So anyway, it's it's an interesting article. He um, he attracted a lot of prominent scientists. That's something we all didn't know before. We just thought he was just a perv, just a pedophile. Um, people like there was a Nobel Prize winning physicist, Murray Jail Mann. He discovered the quark. It's a theoretical physicist. Uh, Best selling author, Stephen Hawking. You know, he's now dead, floating around Mars in his little wheelchair. Paleontologist, evolutionary biologist, Stephen Jay Gould. Heavy, heavy hitters. Oliver Sacks, who's a neurologist. Also a best-selling author. George M. Church was a, uh, a molecular engineer. He worked to identify genes that could be altered to create superior humans. And of course, the MIT theoretical physicist, Frank Wilschek, who is a, a Nobel laureate. And a lot of uh, these scientists came to him because of his money. He dangled financing for their uh, little pet projects and stuff. And that uh, the prospect of financing blinded them to the seriousness of his uh, transgressions. Yes. And they even listened and performed some of his, what they call half-baked scientific music, musings. And he'd have dinner parties, he'd do all this stuff. Um, Harvard cognitive psychologist Steven Pinker uh, was there. I mean, it goes on and on. These are like heavy, heavy names. Yeah, heavy, heavy names. Um and so, but this is what he was into. So it, it very much is a uh, real life, uh, real life Daniel 2, that they will mingle their seed uh, with the seed of men, but it won't adhere, just like iron doesn't mix with clay. Uh, Jesus also said that before the great day of the Lord, when, it, when the plug is all pulled on this place, that it would look like the days of Noah. He said it, it would be exactly like the days of Noah. Eating and drinking, marrying, giving in marriage, and um, you know, not knowing when the, the, the flood came. This is that. I can't, I can't ex- express how important this story really is for today. This is that. This is what even Jesus was talking about back then. In, in these days, this is what's happening. This guy is just not some quack. This guy is just not some billionaire <clears throat> investor that had all these friends in the scientific community, all these politicians, businessmen that just happened to be a pervert pedophile. This guy um, had a dream of changing the human race. This is um, this is fallen angel philosophy. It is fallen angel activity. It is fallen angel technology. 
this is the guy. It's in real life. It's really happening. Uh, this guy, for some reason, got singled out. I do not believe one moment that the real Jeffrey Epstein is in some county jail somewhere in New York or something, you know, getting beat up by, uh, you know, people. I do not believe that one moment. You know, I don't know who's in there, but it's not him. Uh, trust me, it's not him. Rich, white men don't go to jail, not county jails. They might go to federal prison, you know, a little country club for a while, but they don't go to uh, they don't go to jail. All right. So, um, you know, you get a chance. Look up that article. It's L.A. Times. It's on our Facebook page, also Fifth Hook Media. And there's a link to it there. It's it's pretty important stuff. Yesterday, uh, I mean, a couple of days ago, I should say July 31st, it was a black moon. A black moon means that there's two new new moons in one month. That's what a black moon is. It's an important um, holiday for witches and Wiccans and all those people that track such things. Yeah, and it happened to fall on the same uh, day as Lufnasa, which is a Wiccan, occult, uh, witchcraft, pagan, uh, Gaelic holiday celebrating the harvest of the first fruits. And there's sacrifices and rituals and all that stuff. It's, so it's interesting that uh, yesterday was Lufnasa. I mean, the 31st was Lufnasa. And uh, also it was a black moon. Interesting. So there was a lot of uh, high witchcraft running around yesterday. And you might feel the repercussions of that uh, for the next couple of days. Here's, a, here's, here's an idiot. And you know what's going on here in the world uh, you know, pe- you know, people need a savior. They need truth, right? They need they need the real reality of of God's uh, world. They don't need the phony, temporary reality that was created by these fallen ones. <clears throat> We're in enough trouble as it is. This clown. I don't know who this guy is. You know, I've been out of the church scene since 2012. Um, that was the last time I ever you know, attended a church and was involved in it. Um, so I don't know the current Christian music. I know I can't find any. I try to I try to listen to some current Christian music sometimes. I just don't know where to go to find it because everything I listen to is just pure crap. You know, I can only you know, listen to the old hymns <clears throat> that really mean something. And I'm not saying that is all crap. I just, I can't find it. Uh, so this guy... Excuse me, I have no idea who he is. Never heard of him, never heard of his book. Had no reason to, but apparently he was famous. This is from CNN. His name is Joshua Harris. He's a former pastor. And he wrote this huge relationship book uh, that sold, uh, I mean, I don't know, over one million copies. And it became a fixture in Christian youth groups uh, 22 years ago. The, The book was called... I kissed dating goodbye. So that's probably why I never heard of it. I was already a, a grown man, married. But um, I guess the book uh, railed against sex before marriage and homosexuality. And it sold over a million copies. It was a huge thing. So now, 22 later, he says that his marriage is over and he's no longer a Christian. I think he's gay. I mean, he looks gay. He has that gay look. I, I do. I'm not just being mean. He, he looks like he turned over. Um, to the uh, the the gay agenda. 
says a former pastor who wrote a best-selling book on traditional relationships, he confirmed the end of his marriage. And then not only that, he apologized for opposing LGBTQ rights. And he announced he's no longer a Christian. Like I said, he wrote that book, I Kissed Dating Goodbye, sold a million copies. It was huge. Uh, Harris now says that his 1997 book contributed to a culture of exclusion and bigotry. And he has undergone a, undergone a massive shift in regard to my faith in Jesus. In other words, he doesn't have it anymore. He doesn't have it anymore. So obviously he wrote this book. It was big in churches. So obviously he was using biblical scriptures and stuff to support it. He no longer believes in that. He said that um, by all the measurements that I have for defining a Christian, I am not a Christian. I have lived in repentance for the past several years, repenting of my self-righteousness. <laughs> not repenting for any sins, but he's repenting of his self-righteousness because he was a Christian. He's repented of his fear-based approach to life. He's repented of the teaching of his books. And he's repented of his views of women in the church. And he's repented of his approach to parenting, to name a few. Uh, he says to the LGBTQ community, I want to say I'm sorry for the views that I have taught in my books. And as a pastor regarding sexuality, I regret standing against marriage equality for not affirming you. Listen to that kind of language, that kind of talk. You know, this guy, <laughs> you know, talk about turning a new leaf. You know, he turned right over and uh, got him homosexualized. I mean, you just can't talk like this, you know, if you're normal, you know. I apologize for not affirming you, really, and your place in the church. And for any ways that my writing and speaking contributed to a culture of exclusion and bigotry. I hope you could forgive me. Oh, my gosh. So this guy's a clown. He's an ex-pastor. But see, this kind of stuff, if he wanted to uh, just go to hell on his own, uh, that's fine. Uh, I can care less. Go to hell on your own. That's your prerogative. But the thing is that he comes out and does this, and he totally besmears uh, the gospel of Christ. He totally besmears uh, Christianity, uh, real and phony. And uh, that's, what, that's what gets me. And he's taking a lot of people down with him. So... He uh, previously con confirmed his divorce in a separate post. Uh, he ended 21 years of marriage after realizing that significant changes have taken place in both of us. In other words, he turned queer on her. Um, his book had uh, encouraged people to avoid dating, uh, remain celibate before marriage. It includes numerous sections on the dangers of lust. Uh, he said, lust is a problem and God hates it, so should you. The uh, book also featured a passage in which he described being checked out by three gay men and never forget the anger and disgust he felt at that moment. He says it was so wrong and filthy. Now he's disavowed his book on a handful of occasions in recent years, including in 2017 TEDx Talks that was called Strong Enough to Be Wrong. And he wrote a couple other books. Now here's my question for uh, ex-Pastor Harris. That million, uh, all those, uh, that million dollars or so that you made from the book, are you going to return that? How about all the money you made from it? Are you going to return that? Are you going to donate it to your favorite LGBTQ uh, charity? Because that's what you should do. If you're repentant of what you wrote and you're no longer a Christian, you no longer believe anything you said uh, in your book on Christianity or scriptures, then all the money you made from that lie, you should return. 
that's what he should. But there's nothing about him returning the money. This guy is a clown. Uh, what I like to call an ass clown. Just an ass clown. Okay, uh, let's see. Everybody knows that there is grasshoppers all around Nevada. Everybody knows that. Uh, hopefully. <laughs> I posted a couple of things. I posted a video on my Facebook page or uh, about it last uh, Sunday at a gas station. There's all these uh, green stink bugs everywhere. We have three bugs invading Las Vegas area and uh, Mesquite where I'm at. We have the the hoppers, which are locusts, but the, the, the news loves to call them grasshoppers. But they're doing swarming behavior. And once a grasshopper starts swarming, they become locusts. But nay, nay, that would scare people. So we have these um, these locusts. We also have these uh, green stink bugs that apparently weren't here in the United States uh, 20 years ago. They just came in the 1990s. They say from Asia. And uh, they just love destroying crops and stuff. And when you try to kill them, they stink. And so they're a pain in the butt. And then in the winter, when it gets cold, they get in your house and they nest and breed and produce pheromones that attract more of them. They're just like demons. They're stink bugs, just like demons. The third type of bug we have is these little brown gnats. And they're small enough to actually get in your house, slip through the screens and the windows and stuff. So there's three things. And they're all over the place. Uh, they're not clogging up any air conditioning or really harming anything yet. They're just all over. What's amazing is the green ve vegetation here. We got, you know, here in Mesquite, I think we have something like 18 golf courses or something. I mean, this it's golf course heaven out here. Um, I, I don't think they're destroying anything vegetative-wise, which is kind of odd. Um, so it's almost like a spiritual thing, um, if I were to so say. But we have grasshoppers over. We have a plague over here. Apparently, it's not unusual. It happens every, you know, 10 to 14 years. But they do say this is the worst that it's ever been. All right. Uh, let's see here. Here's something that's interesting. I think uh, uh, you find this interesting. This is amazing. This is right here. In Phoenix, no, no, yeah, Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona. And I had no idea. Do you know in Arizona, you can have a, a body, a body donation company. You can have a, a business that takes bodies. <laughs> People will donate their human uh, bodies or the bodies of the loved one. And they uh, they take these uh, these bodies, and I guess I don't know. They sell them to science, and they do stuff with them. But you know, you don't need a license uh, to do any of that. Uh, there's no regulation, no license. Isn't that that kind of bizarre? Uh, yeah, this is from Arizona Central, and it says cooler filled with male genitalia found in raid, a Phoenix body donation company. Here's a number here for you. 33 plaintiffs. 33. Uh, says, Biological Resource Center lied to families and treated the deceased with a lack of dignity and respect. Here's what they found. They found a head sewn onto a mismatched body. I mean, that's somebody just clowning around, right? That must be uh, Pastor Harris, you know, the ass clown, um, you know, having sex with the dead bodies or something, you know, regretting, regretting his book. Uh, a head sewn on a misbashed body, a bucket of limbs and a cooler filled with penises 
are among items found by the FBI on a raid. It was a for-profit business called Biological Resource Center. It specialized in accepting the bodies of people after they had died and in exchange of offering their families free pickup of the bodies plus the cremated remains of the body parts the company did not sell. Have you ever heard of such a thing? I didn't even know they had such a thing. So I guess if you have a loved one you don't care about or even the county or the city, there's some homeless guy who dies and you can't get a hold of any family members, this company will just come and pick up the body and take care of everything in exchange of keeping it. <laughs> and then they take the body parts and they sell them. This is a real thing, folks. I'm not lying to you. You can look at the, you can look at the, 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 the story. Like I said, it's posted on our Facebook page, but it's right here on Arizona Central. Arizona is a regulatory free zone for the body, body parts industry. There's no regulation. I, I, that just boggles my mind. How could that be? At least four body donation companies are operating in Arizona. I can see why. All you need is a high school diploma and a, and a, and a building and you can set up shop. In addition to a nonprofit cryonics company that freezes people after they die with the intent of one day bringing them back to life. You know, I could see the, the Jeffrey Epstein story tied to this one, can't you? I can see that fallen angel uh, Nephilim creating, uh, you know, their ultimate race, hybrid humans. I can, I can kind of see that related to this. Yeah, because you don't need to abduct people like cattle to do mutilations and stuff if you just get the bodies donated to you. And because the rich and powerful have made it so where you don't even need licensing or regulation. You just, hey, this is what I do. I, I, I That boggles my mind. Because in the world I came from, you would, this, you would need to be licensed. An FBI agent... Uh, said they stumbled on what he described as various unsettling scenes. Uh, let's see. There's a civil suit going on. 33 plaintiffs have sued the Biological Resource Center saying the remains of their family members were obtained through false statements and that body parts were being sold for profit to various middlemen and that they were not stored, treated, or disposed of with dignity of respect. Obviously not. Now, check this out. Uh, Arizona had passed a law in 2017 that says body donation companies are not allowed without a state license. They, in 2017, two years ago, they passed a law that says you need a state license to operate a body donation company. However, the law has not yet been implemented or enforced. So the law's on the books, but it's not uh, enforced yet. It's not implemented. You don't need a license. Now, don't, you, don't you find that odd? Uh, all four body donation companies known to be operating in Arizona are accredited by the American Association of Tissue Banks. What the Biological Resource Center was not. Uh, there's just some guy who just graduated from high school and bought him a warehouse. Wow, there was a nationwide criminal investigation. That's why they were, they were raided. 
This um, former FBI agent said he personally observed various unsettling scenes. Many of the body parts he saw were piled on top of one another with no apparent identification to indicate what bodies they came from or from whom they belong. You know, this is this is macabre. This is something out of a horror movie. In addition to a cooler filled with male genitalia, he saw large torso with a head removed and replaced with a smaller head sewn together in a Frankenstein manner. He saw large male torsos with limbs and genitalia removed, buckets and coolers with various body parts, including a bucket of heads, arms, and legs, body parts piled on top of each other with no apparent identification, still freezers with frozen body parts inside with no apparent identification. Wow. Um, I guess one buyer of these bodies used it for plastination for education. Plastination. I guess it's a way of preserving entire human bodies. Uh, They say it should require separate consent because the preservation is more permanent and the bodies are often publicly displayed. Wow. Uh, In 2015, the guy who owned it pleaded guilty to conducting an illegal enterprise after accusations he had provided vendors with contaminated human tissue and used body parts in ways that the donors had not permitted. Uh, Oh, my God, this is some sick stuff. Um, He wrote this guy in his appeal. The owner of this company said that he felt overwhelmed but that he was working in an industry with no formal regulations to reference for guidance. You just could do whatever you want. Yeah, despite the state law, the body donation industry is still unregulated. He says, I could have been more open about the process of donation on the brochure we put in public view. When deciding which donors would be eligible to donate, I uh, should have hired a medical director rather than relying on medical knowledge from books or the internet. My gosh, so he's just asking um, Siri, what do I, how do I chop off a head? Uh, Hey Google, uh, what do I, you know, (laughs) how do I dismember a body? This is crazy. This is really, really crazy. He sold one head for $2,400. What? You don't come on. You think these are legitimate people? I mean, he's going to sell to anybody who has the money. There's no regulation. My goodness. Wow, look at, uh, there's a price list here. A whole body with no shoulders or a head goes for almost three grand. A torso with a head, $2,400. A whole spine, nine fifty. A whole leg is eleven hundred dollars. A whole foot four fifty. A knee is three seventy five. A pelvis is four hundred. This ain't a joke. That's that's ultimately disgusting. Okay, I'm gonna take a short break. I'm gonna be right back, and um, we have a, a new segment that I'm gonna try to do every week called "The Way It Ought to Be" or "The Way It Should Be." Take your choice. Uh, my good friend Juan. My good friend Juan had a suggestion. After last, um, after last week, I had posted a, a story that was a positive story. It was actually a, a good story about this little kid who was found uh, after missing for 12 hours. And he was found and he was laughing and giggling because he saw the horses and the rescuers come. And it was just a nice little story. 
And it felt good, especially um, after the week before with all this heavy, dirty, nasty news, you know, that, that I have to put forth. So one had contacted me and he said, look at it, here, here's an idea. Maybe once a week you can have a segment called The Way Things Ought to Be or The Way Things Should Be, you know, and, and post a, a feel-good feel good story, you know, a positive story. And I thought it was a great idea. The problem is, is finding these. Uh, they're real rare. How are you going to find, you know, this day of age, they're out there. There's good things that are happening, but, you know, that doesn't sell internet advertisement, I guess, you know. I mean, it's hard to find in this evil world. Um, so I would I would say to all of you, if you guys find a good, feel-good story, a good positive story, um, you know, ship it to me, you know, get, ship it to me through Facebook or email or something. Let me know and I can post it. So he had sent me one and then I found one myself. Uh, and then, um, so, you know, I, when we come back, I'm going to, I'm going to read two this week instead of one. So hopefully uh, I'll have more next week, but, but they are hard to find. All right. I'll be right back. Recently, spiritual attacks on innocent people have increased considerably. This is partly due to society's transformation into a satanic cult. Most people are clueless or hopeless in combating this spiritual mayhem. We wish to offer two good books to overcome these attacks. First, Demons in My Marriage Bed, a true story of spiritual warfare, offers one of the most effective training systems in combating spiritual darkness in order to gain personal freedom. Second, Eyes to See Unseen Enemies teaches how to see the hidden dangers which are all around us, even in places we would least expect them. Both books can be purchased on Amazon.com as a paperback or ebook. It is our desire that you will take advantage of these opportunities to increase your effectiveness in spiritual warfare and learn how to fight back instead of being a victim. We'll see you on the battlefield. Yeah, so here we go. Um, so this could kind of take the edge off everything I've been talking about, body parts and, you know, ass clowns, black boots and, you know, fallen angel technology. But the first one here is, um, this is from Fox News, Chicago. <clears> there <throat> was a boy, he's five years old. This is an incredible story. He's credited with saving 13 people from a house fire. Incredible, cute little boy. You can see him on the Facebook page once again. I have a uh, link to the story. But it's a five-year-old boy who's being credited with saving 13 people from a Chicago house fire early Saturday after he alerted others to the danger. Jaden Espinosa awoke just before 4 a.m. with smoke and flames, and he was in a two-and-a-half-story brick home in the backyard uh, of a neighborhood, and he alerted those sleeping on the second floor to get up. Here's what he said. He's five years old. He says, I yelled to my auntie, there was fire. I said fire was coming in the kitchen. His parents were at the home on the city's north side while Jaden and his sister were staying at the apartment with their aunt. So he, he don't really doesn't even live there. Uh, says, my daughter got up to stand up and here's this five-year-old boy telling her, he's, he tells her, no, you have to crouch and move. He's five years old. He had the wisdom to not stand up and get, you know, smoked out. Jaden's mom says, I was thankful because I didn't expect that of him to be a hero, to save everyone's life. He said, I saved everybody. <laughs> Seven adults and six children were displaced and were being assisted by the Red Cross. 
But officials say the fire would have been more tragic if this little boy hadn't realized the danger. I don't think we would have survived, said the aunt, uh, who added that the home's fire alarms never went off and she did never smell uh, smoke. Uh, Says, I'm so glad he was there. The cause of the fire has not been determined. Um, Is that something? Yeah. Five years old. Good, feel-good story. Take the edge off the bad stuff. One more. Here's another one. This is in Texas from Faithwire. Uh, This is a good one. Uh, Oh, I watched the video on this. This is an awesome video. It's a a video of a heroic Texas neighbor saves a six-year-old boy from a harrowing dog attack. Incredible footage here from a a house camera. It says, six-year-old Mason Lindemann is going to be okay thanks to a heroic neighbor who saved him from a vicious pit bull attack over the weekend. The little six-year-old was playing with his two neighbor children outside of his home in Texas uh, last Sunday when an unleashed pit bull ran over and immediately began attacking him. And it's on the video. You can see it. It's not a, it's not a puppy dog wanting to play or be petted. It's, it's <laughs> the dog was, was going to kill him. It's going to eat him. And then this kid, Grant Brown, he's 19 years old, was a few houses down when he heard the kid screaming. And he uh, immediately jumped into action. I mean, he was a 19-year-old guy. I mean, he just he just did something. He decided to charge at the pit bull. There's a video. In the video, you see the, the, the hero running at the dog. And he's hoping to distract the dog long enough for the kid to get, to get away. And, 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 that's, and it happened. As soon as the dog released the six-year-old, he ran inside to his mom. But now the dog's chasing um, our hero. You know, he's, 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 he's chasing this guy. Uh, pretty scary. So Grant, our hero, is, uh, you can see him in the video, kind of running off, the, uh, running off to the side there. The little kid runs up to the uh, driveway and the mom sees him and all she, uh, she sees him just running and he's got his hand on his head and there's blood coming down and everything. The little kid was rushed to the hospital. He received several staples because of the, the dog bites on the head he, and he sustained a bruise and everything like that. Now Grant, the hero, after distracting the pit bull, uh, began running towards the, his house, but just a few feet from where the, the attack took place, he tripped. He said he looked back and his shoes came off. He tripped and fell. Can you imagine that? That's a nightmare. He said, the dog was on top of me before I knew it, and I knew I had to keep its mouth away from me. So he fought the dog for a few seconds before he was able to stand back up and run to safety, and he got all caught up in his hands. So anyway, the mom says, uh, very thankful for uh, Grant Brown, a uh, 19-year-old young man. He said, I just want to give this guy a big hug. There's nothing I can do but just say thank you. So unbelievable. So there's there's real humans out there. See, only humans do this. Fallen angels and hybrid demonic people have no compassion on humans. They don't do that. In fact, they're the ones who, uh, you know, try to destroy them. So those are two human stories right there. Little five-year-old saving somebody from a fire because he's human and a 19-year-old young man saving a little kid because he's human. And the rest of them are not. All right. So that's it for uh, this week's show. We'll see you next week and take care.